Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Participating in our conversation is Maria Kressler, Executive Director of Ignatius House, and Father Joe Lingen, Associate Director and one of our Jesuits on staff. We thought we'd start off this series discussing the theology of joy. So I'm going to ask Joe to lead off the conversation with some remarks on the topic, but first to open with a prayer. Thank you, Andy. Welcome, everyone. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we gather in this sacred season of Easter, mindful of your remarkable love. Help us at this time, especially in this time of pandemic, to be ever mindful of this love and to allow the grace of this love to enable us to know, to experience, and be confident of the joy you wish for us to know. Bless our conversation this evening and this new initiative at Ignatius House. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome, everyone, and thank you again, Andy. I presume to begin these remarks with a disclaimer. In these few minutes, I will not capture the totality of a theology of joy. These remarks are to be a primer for our discussion on the topic. Further, I hope our conversation here will serve our listeners as a primer to further your thoughts and reflection, as well as be an encouragement to further conversations with others on the relevance and importance of joy in our individual lives and in our world, especially today. For me, a good starting point for a conversation on joy would be the Gospel of John. In his Gospel, John relates what is variously called the Last Supper Discourse or the Farewell Discourse. It is a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples on the occasion of the Last Supper. In this discourse, Jesus seeks to explain to his disciples the meaning and purpose of his life and his life's mission. At one point in the discourse, Jesus states, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. John 15, verse 11. This passage moves me and challenges me deeply. It moves me because I hear it as an expression of Jesus's desire for me and for all of us. It challenges me to consider my own desire, namely, do I desire such joy and to share such joy with Jesus? Joy is a reality, a mystery, and a grace. That said, joy may be easier to experience than it is to define. As a noun, joy is defined as, quote, the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Further, it is a source of keen pleasure or delight, something or someone greatly valued or appreciated. And as a verb, joy is defined as, quote, a feeling of gladness and rejoicing, close quote. I suspect we might all agree with these definitions, but again, I suggest that it is easier to point to or describe the sources of joy than it is to describe what joy actually is. 
This is why I say that joy is a reality, a mystery, and a grace. Currently, as a Christian community, we are in the midst of celebrating the Easter season. What are we celebrating? In this sacred season, we celebrate Jesus' fidelity to his mission from his Abba, Father, God, and we celebrate Jesus' faith in his Abba, Father, God. Further, we celebrate the Father's love for and fidelity to Jesus, and we recognize and celebrate the Father's love for and fidelity to each one of us. With Easter, we are invited once and for all to be the beloved of God. This is the revelation of the resurrection, and this is the cause for great joy. And if we are honest, our celebration of Easter reveals and touches on our deepest desire to be known and loved by God. I became more aware of this through my experience of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius Loyola. Ignatius asked that one do several prayer contemplations on Jesus's resurrection by praying with the resurrection appearances of Jesus as described in the gospels. Ignatius asked the retreatant to ask for the grace to feel joy with Christ, the resurrected Jesus. In other words, Ignatius asked that one keep their focus on Jesus to imagine and consider his joy as experienced in his resurrection. The confirmation and consolation of the Father's love for him, through him, with him, and in him for all of humanity. This is the reality, mystery, and grace of joy. An experience of joy is a confirmation and a consolation. They may be subtle and simple, as well as overwhelmingly profound. And I dare to suggest that joy is always sublime. When we experience it, we know it as real, even though we may not be able to describe it fully. There is but one word for such an experience, joy. It is what Mary Magdalene felt, what Peter and John felt, what the disciples on the way to Emmaus felt, and what the doubting Thomas felt, joy. Uh, allow me to be clear here. I am not suggesting, nor do I intend to suggest, that joy is an exclusive Christian experience. It is not. Joy may be experienced by people of all faith traditions or no faith tradition. However, I do wish to suggest that joy is a grace, that is a gift and an experience of the presence of God. Further, my earlier citation from the Gospel of John, I believe to be a clear confirmation of this point. At Christmas, Christians sing joy to the world, again, expressing God's desire. So let us experience and use the world to enjoy God. After all, the world and the universe, for that matter, is one of God's greatest gifts. Earlier, I stated that the statement about joy by Jesus in, gospel, in John's gospel moves me and challenges me deeply. It moves me because I hear it as an expression of Jesus's desire for me and for all of us. And it challenges me to consider my own desire. That is, do I desire such joy? I acknowledge that my answer is an unequivocal yes. 
I desire to know and experience joy. Thus, I look for and focus upon those things that and those persons who give me joy. It is important that we take the time to get in touch with, become aware of, and be informed and formed by that which brings us joy. And I see it as a three-step process. First, recognize and identify that which is a cause of joy in my life. Second, to take the time to appreciate these things or persons, that is to really come to know and understand why they are a cause of joy for me. And third, to take time to acknowledge, to savor and express gratitude for those things and persons. In short, to identify, appreciate, and be intentionally grateful. If we are honest, we can acknowledge that there are persons and things in our lives that bring us joy and provide us with confirmation and consolation. It is important that we take the time to consider and reflect, that is to identify, appreciate, and be intentionally grateful for those persons and things that are the cause and source of our joy. When we do, hopefully, we better understand the truth that joy is a reality, a mystery, and a grace. I close these remarks with a quote from Pope Francis. He writes in his text, The Joy of the Gospel, quote, joy adapts and changes, but it always endures, even as a flicker of light born of our personal certainty that when everything is said and done, we are infinitely loved. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. It's good to be with you and Andy and all of you there with us this, this evening. Um, I wanted to, to just share when you were talking about joy and talking about it in, in reference to being an experience. I think that's what resonates with me most, um, the experience of joy. Um, and the fact that anybody and everybody, I think, can probably in their lifetime point to, if not often, moments of joy. Um, they, they kind of slip, on, slip up on us sometimes. But I know that when I am in spiritual direction and I, I talk with a number of directees and folks who, um, who come each month to talk about finding God in their life, where God is in their life. And often um, we can often say, I, you know, I don't know where God is in my life. Or, I've, you know, it's been an okay month, but I'm really not sure I was really connected with God that well this month or, or something of that effect. And often the, the, often the thought that comes to me is to say, when have you experienced joy? Can you tell me of a time that you've experienced joy in the last week, in the last month, recently? And I love, love, love watching folks ponder for a moment, sit back, and then suddenly smiles appear on their faces. And they'll share a story of some moment that clearly brought them joy. And that's been the moment I'm able to say, okay, now that's where God is. God is present there. Can we, can we look at that experience right then and there and see how God is loving you in that moment? And, and I think the, the most intriguing thing to me is that sometimes those kinds of moments aren't always the most obvious of things. They could come even in some darker times and some difficult times. Um, I, I recollect times at my father's bedside as he was passing and, and 
in flickering moments of watching somebody slip away at the same time, a smile or a, or a phrase or, or just a knowing glance. And in a moment, you could, you could feel that love and you can feel joy knowing that he, where he was going and, um, and that he loved me and that I loved him. That's what I was thinking when I first heard you start talking about the experience of it and God's presence in the experience. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate that very much. You know, the first thing that I, I did acknowledge that there are things that bring us joy, but I hasten to add at this point that there are people who bring us joy. And when I, I first contemplate or think about, well, what brings me joy or what are the joys in my life? I immediately think of people who are a source of great joy for me because of how I know them and how they know me. I think of, well, most immediately my family, but good friends, for example, who, uh, you know, for example, if I, if I pick up my phone and I see that one of these friends has called me and left a message, before I even listen to the message, I have this sense of joy within me and the gratitude that this person is in my life. And these days, especially, I think this topic is especially important when we're all being challenged in so many unique ways with this pandemic. And <clears throat> I think we can so often listen to the news and whatnot and only hear about the pandemic and, and kind of miss the moments of joy that we have uh, in our lives. And I think the news does give us some examples of some extraordinary people that I don't even know, for example, who are doing, dare I say, heroic things to help one another. Andy. Um, you know, I, uh, Joe, I, I, I share in your consolation of that uh, line from John 15. Um, for me, to me, it tells me that God desires us to live lives of joy, right? That our joy might be complete. Um, and, and that verse has this sense of abiding, of, uh, of this unitive joy that we're, we're called to constantly move toward. Um, now, um, on Facebook, Kristen asks, how do you share and celebrate your joy while also respecting and validating uh, someone's great sadness? Um, and maybe you can chime in, but I, I, for me, um, I, I always like to distinguish between joy and happiness, that happiness kind of rises and falls, but jo joy is that underlying uh, sense of of God's goodness that sort of undergirds um, life at its, its ultimate foundation. And even St. Ignatius, um, when he talks about consolation, right? That there's this um, sense of, of joy and peace when we experience consolation from God, but that that can also be experienced in moments of sorrow, like the death of a loved one, for example, where um, there's a sadness, but there, there can also be a sense of a closeness with God, um, a peace um, that sort of undergirds or is sort of maybe a layer or two beneath that, that sense of sadness. Your thoughts on, on that? Well, it occurs to me, <clears throat> and thank, I thank them for the question, um, not long ago, or maybe a little longer ago than I care to admit, 
I was reflecting upon the experience of grief that I would myself was experiencing. And I had this insight that if I didn't love, I wouldn't grieve. Mm -hmm. At the same time, with regard to anything that draws sadness from me, suggest an empathy and a, a, a care and an understanding that if we didn't have that care and understanding, most likely we wouldn't feel any sadness. So the, the experience of grief, I mean, I'll put it this way, wouldn't, I think I would feel worse if I felt absolutely nothing over the death of a loved one or, or someone. I, I think I would feel worse if I didn't feel sadness at the misfortune of another. Uh, that is to say, it would suggest that I have little or no feeling at all or compassion or empathy for others. And so I, I think it would be the, the, dare I say, the flip side of the coin of anyone who holds love or care or empathy or compassion for another. It means that we will experience the contrary emotions such as sadness and grief. I'd like to just add to that, that I, I've often felt that when I've, when I've walked with people in that kind of pain, that, that as you put it, you know, great, great suffering means that there's great love. And, and I think we've just been through, as we've been, we walk through Holy Week and we walk with Jesus and we recognize the great suffering, there was the great love. And, and I referred earlier to my dad's passing and my mom who had passed seven years before in a very similar fashion with cancer, there was such an intense amount of pain in the losing of that loved one. But to your point, Joe, if I didn't, I mean, there was, it actually spoke of how, how deep the love was, how, how intense that love is. And so I think the question is a hard one, because often when we are in the midst of something good happening, some joy happening in our life, and you're, and then, and then you are with someone else who that isn't happening, um, and, and how hard it is. I, I mean, I've known, I've had, I've had um, known folks who like, you know, they discover that they're pregnant and they want to share that joy with somebody else, but that other person perhaps had been, had been trying to get pregnant and couldn't. So you've got this joy that you're experiencing, but at the very same time, you're recognizing the pain of someone you care about who themselves cannot, you know, may not be able to share at that moment because it's a painful moment. And so I think it's how, how compassionate we can be, um, in understanding ourselves, how we might feel. And, um, and at the same time, knowing that our own joy is still present. Sometimes how we express our joy and where and how we do that is becomes how compassionate we are and where we are in our life experience. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a very interesting life. Is, that's one of the most beautiful things about life. And I think why I'm, why perhaps I am a Christian <laughs> in the sense of my following that Paschal mystery that, that revelation that um, I, I, for those who know me, have heard me say this before, you know, when I was early on in my youth ministry days, um, I used to like the, to collect crosses without the corpus. It was just the cross. There was no Jesus on a cross. And, and uh, I had had a, a friend that had said to me once, geez, you know, um, you know, you, you know, that's, that's the resurrection. When you see an empty cross, it's the resurrection. And it wasn't until life kind of threw me some curves and some difficult things occurred in my life that I suddenly looked at the, that I started collecting crucifixes rather than just crosses. And, and the reason for me at that moment was this recognition that there is something about the great suffering that also spoke of great love. And for me, 
that symbol. I mean, I, I certainly know that it's the it's the resurrected joy of 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 um, God's love for us and His and His rising. But there's something about remembering that those two are linked together, and um, you can't literally have one without the other, in some ways. Andy. Yeah, I um, was reading something by Cynthia um, Bourgeau today in today's um, email from the Center of Action for Action and Contemplation. And she talked about how, and I, I think I think there is this connection between joy and hope, especially mm-hmm. when we're in a time of, of sorrow or challenge or, or hardship or personal hardship. Um, but she writes that this this kind of hope is not linked necessarily to outcomes, but to presence, to being held by God and trusting in that presence. And I think in our world today, it's easy to um, be so outcome focused um, as being the driver of our joy or or sadness or or happiness and sadness. Um, And actually last night when I was, I was praying with evening prayer in, um, in give us this day and the, the closing prayer really spoke to me. May the joy of Easter fill our hearts and the memory of God's holiness lead us to rejoice in Jesus. And um, it struck me that the, the connection of, of joy and hope to the memory of Jesus, that that's what we're celebrating in Easter. It's this memory that's alive. And so um, that exists whatever we're experiencing, even if we're experiencing sadness, there's the memory of that lasting presence. Um, I want to, uh, Karen asked a, a really interesting question. Is my desire for joy a measure of joy received? Mm-hmm. Is my desire for joy a measure of the joy received? There's maybe sort of a reciprocity that the joy that I receive may be from another or from circumstances um, wells up in me and perhaps reflects back. Well, I, I think the desire for joy uh, is a reflection of the grace of joy. I mean, when I say that, what I mean to say is that when we experience joy, we, we experience the grace of it and we'd like more. And, and so it isn't in any way to minimize the joy that we've expressed, experienced rather, or to say that what I, the joy I have experienced hasn't been enough. But I think it's an acknowledgement that where there is joy, there is more, and there's more joy to be had. Um, and, and there's more joy, which God wishes to share. So, you know, a moment ago, Andy, you were talking about how the acknowledgement of the, the resurrection uh, and the memory of it, you know, for us, if we don't say Jesus has risen, we say Jesus is risen. It's, it's a present tense. It's a happening that's happening now. Uh, yes, we can point to a time 2000 years ago when it happened, but it continues to happen. It continues to reveal to reveal the reality of God's power and love for Jesus and for all humanity. And so the, the grace of that experience, of that mystery, is still being revealed to us in a very concrete and real way. And so when we experience joy these days, we're experiencing that dynamic, I think. 
I was thinking uh, when you were speaking, Joe, about where where there is joy, there is God. Hmm. That 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 you know that that recognition of that presence. Um, you know, we say where there is love, there is God, and that is true. <laughs> but I think in the joy, in those moments of of delight, of I, I I was recollecting today as I was thinking about joy. There is nothing like um, as a grandmother watching my grandchildren come when they, when I've come coming to visit running out the door and screaming my name and, and, and plowing them, you know, plunging themselves into my body with hugs and kisses. Like there's nothing. And, and it could be, it didn't matter what had happened for me in that day or what, or how bad things could be. Right. That experience of that pure delight and, and to be able to sit for a moment and go, and that is God. And that is God loving me. Mm. If I can hold on to that, when I, when I take, take time for my exam and just to look back at my day and go, there was God. That's why I like to, to try to help people look look for that. In their, and even in the midst of what's going on today, at the end of every day, can I see where there was some joy? Or did I experience any? And some days, you know, maybe we don't. <laughs> some days you go to bed, yeah, I didn't find you like I wanted to find you. <laughs> um, but but something to, I know you're there in faith. And then I look for it the next day. But then to be a conduit of joy for another. To, to, to have friends like I have and colleagues who can make me laugh um, when, when, when we otherwise might be in serious conversation that, you know, like to remind ourselves to not take ourselves too seriously and that, that it's, it's time to um, experience that joy. You know, on that last point too, it, it does strike me in light of the question about desire and joy. C.S. Lewis wrote a wonderful book entitled Surprised by Joy. And, and I didn't think of this earlier, but it does occur to me that there are certain things that we can anticipate that we know will bring us joy. Like you may anticipate the, the arrival of your grandchildren, for example. But there are other times when joy does surprise us, that, that things happen that we did not anticipate or, or necessarily look forward to. And, and, and we find ourselves almost overwhelmed by it. Uh, but it, it just happens that, and I think that's, again, part of the mystery and the grace of the experience of joy. I think you're talking about the gift, right? And those, I, I, I love the image of the God of surprises, you know, yeah. because it also, you, that's synonymous with God, the gift giver. Um, and you mentioned, Joe, in your remarks about, about gratitude and our response. And I mean, I think that's the whole spiritual life is, is our response to the gifts that God gives us. And so how do we respond um, to experiences of joy? Um, you know, and even in scripture, it's almost a command, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Um, that could seem like we're trying to force joy on. Um, but, you know, and Andy, in order to do that, it, I mean, what you're suggesting, too, it does require that we pay attention, that, or that we be attentive to the reality of the experience of what, what it is we feel in a given moment or through a given experience. So to, to, that's why I was saying sometimes it's easier, I think, at least for myself, to point to things that give me joy than to try to describe what joy feels like. Uh, I, I know that there are, are moments in my life when I think back on it and 
moments. And I know I can sit here tonight and say, I know I'm going to experience joy. Something is going to give me enjoyment and or someone. And knowing that, and I have every confidence that that's a very true statement. What that something is going to be or who that someone is, I, it remains to be seen. But it is important for me to be able to be attentive, to be open and to be aware of, of those moments or those things or those persons that are the source of joy, the gifts, as you suggest, that God is, is presenting to me. And uh, to be able to try to develop the ability to, to try to be that kind of, uh, be that attentive to the reality of the moment, as it were. I know as we were preparing for this, I found that um, uh, much to my delight and surprise, and I would encourage people to do this, uh, to Google quotes on joy. They're not surprising, and those who are familiar with Google, et cetera, will not be surprised that there are all these incredible quotes from the well-known, the famous, and the not-so-famous. Um, and I was amazed at the number of times that as I read through some of the quotes, it just brought a smile to my face or a memory to my recall that really just uh, helped me identify to say, yep, they, they know joy and they know of what uh, they speak, as it were. Uh, one, one that I will presume to share, uh, and I said this to Maria earlier today, that when I came across this particular quote, from a woman uh, who was a, uh, an American children's author. Uh, her name is Sharon Draper. And the quote is this, perfect happiness is a beautiful sunset, the giggle of a grandchild, the first snowfall. It is the little things that make happy moments, not the grand events. And she concludes with, joy comes in sips, not gulps. And, you know, apropos what the one questioner asked about, can I desire joy? I think in terms of anytime we have a desire, we have to be open to whatever it is that's going to come. And by that, what I mean is it might be something quite grand or it could be something quite simple. And as I mentioned in my remarks about it being subtle uh, sometimes or sometimes very profound. Uh, and again, it's just a matter of being attentive, I think. I want to share something uh, Sandra on Facebook shared, an anecdote talking about joy surprising us. She said it happened to her at her birthday. She said, I went to work and was surprised by a beautiful small orchid with a card from my boss, who happened to be a Jesuit. And I felt overwhelmed because it was the very first time I received a flower as a present. By the end of the day, he told me, I wanted your day to be special. And I think, oh. you know... <laughs> The word special makes me think of Mr. Rogers, <laughs> which has been on my mind the last several months. Um, and we're going to talk about parenting and joy in parenting next week. But um, there's just that uh, I just see God has that desire um, that, that certainly comes forth in Mr. Rogers and can come forth in children, have that desire for us to just um, live lives of, of joy and um maybe even a little bit of giddiness once in a while. Definitely. My, my mother said of me when, uh, 
before she passed away, she said, there's a little boy in you I hope never grows up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can say that um, I have been known for my laughter and dare I say giggle. Uh, and whenever someone points it out to me, I always kind of thank my mom uh, for encouraging that little boy in me to never grow up in some ways. But... Well, all I can say in is that I hope everybody takes the time to look back on their day and think about when was the last time I felt joy? When was the last time I experienced delight? Because that's where you'll see God was present. And so thank you, Ignatius of Loyola, for our examine <laughs> that calls us each night to, or each morning, however we do it, to, to recall um, those kinds of moments that can bring a smile to our faces. And Hopefully we'll learn to pass it on. Any final thoughts, Joe? Well, I'm gonna conclude uh, my thoughts with a quote from C.S. Lewis, if I may. Uh, He says, uh, quote, joy is the serious business of heaven. Mm. And I agree. Amen to that. Amen. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us this evening. We invite you to join us next week as we discuss joy in the context of parenting, something that many of us may be struggling with at this time. Um, My wife, Sarah, also on the Ignatius House pastoral team, will be joining us, as well as retreat director, Kay Satterfield. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.